1: Hello and welcome to The Hand cell, where interesting people tell us about books that they think we should read. I'm Jen Northington, coming to you from Book Riot, and today's guest is Erin Sterling, also known as Rachel Hawkins. Welcome! Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Yeah, we're excited to have you. So you are, as Rachel Hawkins, the author of many, many YA books, including bestsellers. Um, Our readers might know Hex Hall, Rebel Bell, for example. And the series that you are here to tell us about, the X-Hex
2: series, is your first foray into adult romance. Is that right? That is correct. Yes, my very, very first romance, which is kind of crazy when I think about it. It is kind of crazy. Like, I've been such a romance fan for so long. It's I can't believe it took me like 40 years of my life to become a <laughs> romance novelist. But what can you do? Uh, well, I was going to say, listen, you got there.
1: So that's all that matters, Yeah, I'm right? here now.
2: That's all that matters. That's right.
1: That's right. So the X-Hex came out last year. And by the time that this airs, we're recording it a little advance, uh, the sequel, The Kiss Curse, will be on shelves, which is, I'm very excited for, you know, the Gwen uh Wells story. So yes, you know it's yes. gonna be any gonna
0: be, yeah. Yeah, shenanigans.
1: Yes, <laughs> shenanigans. I love it. I love it. Um, but so that's your that's you, you know, that's you as a writer. Tell us a mm-hmm. little bit about yourself as a reader.
2: So yeah, I obviously, I think like a lot of writers, I'm a, a very voracious reader. Mm-hmm. Uh always have been. And I am definitely one of those people that I will read just about anything. Um mm-hmm. I certainly have like genres that I'm drawn to the most, but like, my friends always joke that if, like, you go in a bookstore with me, like, it's going to take a while because I have to look at everything. <laughs> it, it's like, we're going to look at romance. We're going to look at mystery. We're going to look at the science books. There might be, like, a really cool nonfiction book about hurricanes that I want to mm. read or something like that. So, yeah, I, um, yeah, I'm a massive, massive reader. And, again, I I like a little bit of everything, you know.
1: Yeah, were you Fresh. what were you one of the kids who was like reading the cereal boxes if there was nothing else around like Oh, that? completely. Yeah, <laughs> like one
2: of those people that would like never without a book. Like yeah. the, you know, rise of e-readers was like so big for me cuz it just meant yeah. that I had like now hundreds of books with me at all time cuz you know like when you would pack for vacations yes. like and you get so stressed, like, okay, I, I need to bring X amount, because, like, what if I don't enjoy <laughs> reading this? Or what if I'm not in the mood for that? Uh-huh. I'm still going to buy books in the hotel gift shop, probably. Um, So, yeah, yeah. I will – yeah, I'll read anything, anytime, anywhere, basically.
1: hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's very relatable. Yeah, I still – and I actually – I bring both ebooks and physical books on vacation <laughs> with
2: me. Same, same. It's very important, though. Like, I, I will spend – my husband makes fun of me. We travel a good deal and he's like one of those guys that's like extremely prepared for every trip. Mm. And so he's always thinking about like what kind of like clothes he needs, which is very <laughs> important, obviously. Sure. And meanwhile I'm like still, you know, taking books out of the suitcase, putting new books in the suitcase, <laughs> like trying to find the and, and again, I will always buy books on vacation. Yes. So it's it's a problem
1: it is it's a problem it's a lifestyle you know it's I think a a lot of our listeners will relate well (laughs) we're gonna talk about um some books that you probably would vote for bringing on vacation in just a second Um, but before we do that let's take a sponsor break
0: today's episode is brought to you by greenleaf book group no summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk comes the page turning psychological thriller, the trouble with drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dad Perfection, to give a reading, Cat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself. Thankfully, Cat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Cat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. For the fastest paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Thirsty by Jazz Hammonds. Thanks again to Thirsty by Jazz Hammonds for sponsoring this episode. So, I, you know looking at the picks that you've got here and then
1: hearing that you read very widely, like that makes sense to me. These picks are, you know, <laughs> a range. Um, yes. Yes. But except for they're all very spooky. I, uh, we were talking before I hit record about, you know, leaning into spooky season, which it is still too
2: hot where I am, but well, I cannot, year. I can't wait for sweater weather. <laughs> me too. And here, like I'm in Alabama. So I We will not get, like, actual sweater weather until November. (gasps) Like, our fall is very much, like, it's still very autumnal in, like, early December here. Um, Wow. So, it's, like, we have hot Halloweens a lot of the time. It's really (laughs) (laughs) depressing. So, I'm absolutely, like, I bought Halloween decor online today. I've been... Burning my pumpkin candles and then yes, <laughs> yeah. all of my books are like spooky season books because that's that's where my head is right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, well that's again, I mean, I, I love it. Uh, so let's let's dive into them then. The first book we have here is one that has been hugely buzzy, at least in my circles. Um, and I haven't gotten to it yet. So I'm excited that you picked it and I can't wait to hear you talk about it. It's The Hacienda by Isabel Canyas.
2: Yes so this is like one of those books too where as soon as I I think I saw I don't even know if I saw the cover I might have just like seen the Twitter pitch of like Mm. hey this book is coming out and I shamelessly like got on Twitter and was like someone (laughs) please send me this book right now and they were nice enough to send it very quickly and I was able to blurb it which I was really happy to do because it is so good Um, So the Hacienda takes place in Mexico in the mid-1800s. It's right after the Mexican Wars of Independence, which was a period of history that I didn't know anything about. Mm. Um, And I'm a big, big historical fiction lover as well. And this book was just like the perfect mix of like really good, juicy historical fiction with a scare-you-have-to-death ghost story. Mm-hmm. so And I love when authors can do that, and I think Isabel does that so well, that kind of blending of genres, that it's really mm. seamless. Um, And it's about a young woman who marries a wealthy man and moves with him to his creepy house, the, the titular hacienda, as it were. <laughs> and, of course, he has, like, a formerly, you know, a former dead wife. He's got, like, creepy relatives. Like, it's the whole gothic thing like Mm -hmm. all the kind of um tropes that we expect and it's again a genuinely terrifying haunted house story and this is not one of those things where it's like oh perhaps the ghost was inside them the whole time (laughs) you know like she's going crazy or whatever it's like no no this is like a full-on ghost story um with a very scary very angry ghost there's also a super hot priest Mm. um so i didn't i'm always a big fan as someone who grew up reading the thorn birds of when a hot priest <laughs> shows up so That's um amazing. and he's a hot priest who also like secretly does witchcraft so like i mean come on yeah I mean, sold right like sold. boom <laughs> um but yeah like i said it is just it has like there are scenes in that book that like i still think about just because she does such an excellent job of that really like growing sense of dread mm. that I think is such a fundamental part of like a really good gothic. Yeah, and um, so yeah, it was just really exciting to to see somebody taking a genre that I love and am super familiar with and doing something that felt like traditional in so many ways, but also like really new and like nothing I'd quite read before. Um, so yes, love the hacienda, highly recommend. Like I think like it's all on the cover of the book, me just being like, This is the best book ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: it's good to be an author who can get books and then blurb
2: them, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I, I do appreciate that that aspect of my job.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wonder this just occurred to me as you're talking, because you know, I think that we're seeing I don't know if I want to call it a gothic revival necessarily, but there's Mm -hmm. so many authors in recent years taking these like, you know, very beloved, but also a little bit time-worn gothic
2: tropes and making them their own. And, you know, it's, I think it's really cool. It's super cool. Uh, And again, as somebody that can't get enough of gothic, I am such a huge fan of it. I also loved Mexican gothic. And obviously the Hacienda got kind of compared to that, but they're like, wildly different books they just both take place in mexico and have scary houses right, um, right but uh but i loved mexican gothic so much and that was another one where i was like oh wow like you you've got so many of these things that i recognize but whoa are you doing something like really new and and interesting with it in a way that i haven't seen before
1: yeah no i mean sylvia Moreno garcia her output is
2: astonishing uh, yeah all. i've and loved and like she's like she writes you know really different things oh, yeah. like she jumps genres materials. all the time yeah yeah and and they're all bangers like, yes, true. i've read i have absolutely loved so yeah she she can do no wrong yeah it's but i mean i think that's to your point
1: about you know how they get compared I mean I think that's one of the things that I think is also very cool about you know getting all of these new voices in publishing um, because we get stories that you know are not the same, even though perhaps you know marketing dollars want us to group them side by side. But we get different viewpoints on similar stories, similar places. But that they just go in different directions, and that's that's so cool and exciting as a reader. I think
2: it really, really is. I do. I just I think that like you know, publishing still has miles to go yes, on a lot yes. of things. But I do think that right now, like we are seeing like such an influx of uh, you know just different stories. Like the story that's not the same thing over and over again. And I really, really appreciate that.
1: Yeah. Very same. Very same. Well, your next one too, uh, is new to me. So I, and I think it's going to be a similar case here. It's when the reckoning comes by Latanya McQueen. Tell us about this.
2: Oh man, this one, it is, it is like a fairly short book. It's fairly like slight in size and it packs a massive punch. Um, it's again it was just like one of those things where I was kind of like oh this is I you know a, a sort of familiar thing of like a you know a haunted place a place where violence has happened in the past and now you know is coming back in a supernatural way but mm. in a setting that I'd never seen before and with um a sort of viewpoint I had not seen before so when the reckoning comes which is like forget it like that's the best title it's a good title <laughs> it's so good <laughs> Um, is about uh this young woman, Mira, who is returning to her small southern hometown because a childhood friend of hers is getting married at the site of a former plantation. And I was immediately kind of drawn to that because, like, as someone who you know is from and lives in the South, like mm. I've always found like the whole concept of plantation weddings just completely abhorrent yeah. like you shouldn't get married there obviously right. and and so this is like you know these people decide to have a wedding at a place that has this incredibly dark history and you know that history is not always that far in the past as it were mm. and um and so it's a ghost story in that way it's a haunted house kind of story but with these much deeper more resonant themes um and again is really sort of looking at the history of racism and violence in america while telling that through like a genuinely very scary horror novel Hmm. and i just thought it was like again just so smart such an interesting take on it um and just yeah like nothing i'd ever really seen before and so when everyone looks it up too it has like the creepiest cover as well (laughs) it's literally in front of me right now and i'm looking at it again and i'm like oh gosh oh this book was so scary and again just really really well done so if you're looking for something like with you know you're scarce with like a little bit of extra depth and yeah. food for thought um then when the reckoning comes I highly highly recommend
1: that sounds great I love I that premise I f I'm like yeah it's very obviously very timely still sadly. Exactly. Exactly. um but yeah so okay so I'm putting you on the spot here, so forgive me. But, like, if you had, like, a ghost scale, like, one to five ghosts, and, like, five right. is the scariest thing you've ever read, and one is, yes. like, you would, you know, tell a five-year-old about it. Like, where, right. where is when the reckoning comes on your ghost
2: <laughs> scale? You know, I would give it, I would give it, like, a three, because it's like to me it's, like, right in the middle. It's very, okay. like, there's a lot of, like, horrifying stuff in it, but a lot of the horrifying stuff doesn't really come from, like, like, by the time, like, it's one of those two where you're very much, like, team ghost. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, I like that. <laughs> you're like, mess them up, ghost. <laughs> right. you know? uh, so, yeah, no, this one's, like, a solid three, I think. Okay. For me.
1: All right. Yeah. All right. And where would you put the Hacienda now that we're
2: doing Hacienda's this ghost scale? like Yeah, Hacienda's probably, like, a four. All right. Because um, it does have some really, like, it has to be really hardcore for me to, like, probably give it a five <laughs> in right. terms of. Because I read a lot of horror, so I'm sort of like, it has to be, you know, way on up there in terms of scares. But yeah, no, they're they're both pretty scary, but like in different ways.
1: Okay, all right. I like I like this scale though. This is helpful yes, for I me because I a good scale. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be useful. Um, and I, w- I guess your books. It's interesting actually. Now I'm trying to think of like where would I put your books especially you know the x-hex series which like romance
2: you know Uh, you're gonna get a happy ending but you do have some creepy stuff in there i do i cannot resist like the creepiness (laughs) i've I've kind of had to like scale some of it back oh really Um, yeah like because because you are you you know i want the x-hex books especially are like supposed to be kind of cozy right and so i want like some some spooky stuff and there's definitely spooky stuff in there but i also don't want it to go too hard
1: (laughs) fair fair enough well that's a good um segue for us uh so we're gonna talk about the kiss curse uh, which is book two in the x-hex series in just a second first we're gonna take a sponsor
0: break today's episode is brought to you by gallery books So Anna Green thought she was marrying Liam West for access to subsidized family housing while at UCLA, which is an interesting reason to marry someone, but you know, in this economy. So anyway, she signed divorce papers when the graduation caps were tossed and she thought she was done at of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life and then he meets Reina in 95 and she's like the best, she's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love.
1: What is
2: your elevator pitch for this series? (laughs) So elevator pitch is rival witches in a small town, open up competing witch shops and uh, must deal with a threat to the town from outside and also their own very inconvenient attraction to one. Another. <laughs> yeah. Gwyn and Wells. I love, um, you know,
1: this is like a thing in romance, right? Is that you get the uh, supporting characters in one book become the main characters in the next book. And I confess that when I first met Wells in the X-Hex, I was like, oh, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. (laughs) And Gwen is amazing, obviously, like a very fun character.
2: Yeah, it was. I love, uh, you know, like I said, I am a long, long time romance reader. I've been reading romance novels since I was, you know, probably about 11 or 12 and, um, and so I have always loved like the sequel bait. Yes. Um, there is something really satisfying in like long running romance series about how, you know, each book really stands on its own, but like, mm-hmm. man, like when you get to that book, that's about those people that you've sort of been seeing in the background, <laughs> like there is nothing better than sort of like realizing your people are getting their book. Yeah. I mean, yes. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, that was, I definitely knew that I was going to write about Wells eventually. I always knew that the second book was Gwen's book. Okay. But when I started to write The Kiss Curse, I actually had her paired with somebody else Ooh. Um, for a solid like 30,000 words. Of wow. And then I realized it, like it was not working at all. And I've now like spoken to like romance novelist friends and realized uh-huh. that this is actually um a a common thing they're like it it doesn't usually happen on your second book but like where you're just like I'm writing the wrong couple Mm. um and so I you know I emailed my editor and I was like I'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) um I am an idiot and I'm writing the wrong romance and Gwen and this other person like it was just it was not working like at all like I don't know if they were too similar. I don't mm. know. But it's you know, and I'm not like super precious about writing. I'm never one of those people that's like, oh, my characters talk to me and they, so right. you know, they they do things that I didn't tell them to do. Like, no, 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 I'm I'm driving this boat. Right, but it it does show that like if you've done, I think like the character work you're supposed to do that yeah. like you feel very specific. Mm. And so like, yes, yeah, like sometimes you're just like, well, this is not like these two people are genuinely like they're not interesting to each other really mm. and not doing that romance thing where it's like, you know, they each have to need each other. There yes. needs to be something that like one has that the other doesn't and vice mm-hmm. versa. So that there, there's this feeling of like, you know, completion there and it just, mm-hmm. it wasn't happening. So yes. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I was, it was amazing. Like as soon as I was like, Oh wait, it's Wells. Like what happens if I put Wells with Gwen? Now the, the book really took off. I was like, oh, okay, the, these two people, yes, now I understand why it wasn't working before. That's
1: fascinating. That's so yeah, interesting. It's, really
2: it's very strange too now, because, like, occasionally I'll find, like, little snippets of the original half of a first draft, mm-hmm. and whenever, like, I see those, I, it's like that, like, Demi Lovato meme, you know, <laughs> it's just, like, yelling at someone, like, get away from her, get a job! Right. That's how I feel. <laughs> like- Seeing this other <laughs> love interest who gets his own book as well. Don't worry. Okay. All right. All right. right. All right. And, and he's I'm writing his book right now and he's the person he's with but um it was like it's such a like i have such a like oh god no it's wrong it's bad you
1: know, <laughs> now you know. i can tell we're all just going to be like reading the kiss curse like trying to figure out like who is it who is it? who is the who is wrong it? It could it possibly Who's be th- who yeah. could it possibly <laughs> be don't tell i would rather like try to get no no so. and like
2: i think like once the kiss curse is like really has like been out there for a while i'll probably do like an instagram live and break the whole thing there you go <laughs> i love
1: that i love that yeah. but in the meantime we get to wildly speculate which is always a good time on yeah, the exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> um well, you've answered some of my questions, actually. Let me see. What do I want to ask you about? Oh, right. So, I mean, you're on your second book for grown-ups purport. I mean, lots of grown ups read YA. Let's be real. Right. right. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. Theor- about grown Let's say it's your second right. book of Yes, grown-ups. Yeah, There we go. Yes. Um, about
2: grown-ups doing romance. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. Do you feel like, you know, is it wildly different or does it feel very similar to the process of writing your YA novels?
2: You know, it's, it's been really interesting um, moving out of that genre. And especially because, like, now, like, I just write for adults. You know, I think a lot of people kind of do both. And i yeah. was sort of like, well, I'm closing the door on YA for now. Mm. And now I'm doing this. Um, and I think a lot of that just was because the voice for YA was not coming as naturally to me anymore. Huh. Um, or I just sort of felt like I joked that, like, I think once my own child became a teenager, I was suddenly like, right. oh, that's enough teenagers. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to spend time with fictional ones anymore. I right. he's great. I love him, but, you know, that's enough teenageriness. sure. Um, so, yeah, it's like, you know, the process of writing the books is still the same. you okay. know? like the the actual process itself looks identical, basically. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely different just in the sense of like the kinds of stories that I want to tell. and and, I mean, and still, like, in a lot of ways, I think, especially with the the Kiss Curse and the X-Hex, they almost feel like like the characters that I was writing for YA, but now they're grown up. You know yes. what I mean? Like, especially because I was writing YA 10, 12 years ago. And so I'm kind of like, oh, these are just my teenage characters, <laughs> but now they're 30. You know? Oh, my gosh. Um, and so that's been kind of a funny feeling. And and it's been interesting, too, because, um, you know, my readership has, has done the same. like Sure, the people reading the X-Hex and the Kiss Curse, a lot of them were people that read Hex Hall 12 right. years ago, you know. But again, now they're in their mid-20s and they're like, oh, you're still here for me. Thanks. I appreciate it. Right. So, yeah, it's it has. It's been kind of a trip. That's
1: that's so interesting. Would you ever consider doing that actual thing, like finding a character <laughs> from your way and writing the grown-up version? I don't know that I've yeah. ever seen anybody do that.
2: I don't know if I have either. I had really, really thought about doing, like, a Hex Hall now that because again like it would sort of be like in real time yeah if she's 16 and 2010 then she's you know right 28 or whatever now um and i've definitely like i've dropped a couple of little easter eggs in the xx series about like hex hall like mm. just i like the idea that they exist in the same universe yeah yes. you know so like if you're doing witches like you've got to sort of and you did right. a witch years ago you sort of have to nod to it a little bit um so yeah, I definitely I would love to. Like, I don't even know like what the legality of that yeah, would be. right. Like. <laughs> right, right. would former publishers be like, "Wait, what are you doing?" Like, right, that's <laughs> true. That? It's
1: tricky rights wise, certainly. Exactly,
2: exactly. But I think it would be super fun. I think yeah. someone should do it. If not me, then someone.
1: should. Yeah, someone should do that. I can't. I honestly, now that we're talking about, it, I can't believe it hasn't happened. It's So interesting.
2: Yeah, I guess know. like Meg Cabot to some degree. Like, oh, the, that's the, true. The, the Princess Diaries. Like she did, like the wedding book. Right. I think. That's true. So, yeah, she's done it. Of course yeah. she has. She's Of cash. course, of course.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and there are that's true and there are books that, you know, uh, long-running series is that have, you know, characters who are now older show up. Um but they're not the main yeah. character. The the there's a new teenager in town as it right, were. Right, exactly, you know? exactly. So, yeah, that's interesting. Well, you know, this that does bring me to uh, the other question I wanted to ask you which is, you know, I will read Pretty much anything witchy I can get my hands on, so I'm delighted that there is just like a plethora of witchy romance in particular out now. Like I can think like there's Lana Harper and Anna (laughs) Guer and you and like so many great writers doing witches. Do you ever worry about like trying
2: how how do you make it your own? You know it's so interesting because like there there was there was like an explosion of witchy romances last year. Yeah, and what I love about that is a I too want to read as many romances I as I can, and um. But also, it's it's not like any of us were chasing a trend or right. any of us knew what the other one was doing and were <laughs> like, oh, I want to do that. It it was literally like all at the same time, you know, independent. There was this kind of like you know, universal thing where we were all like, let's write witchy romance. Yeah. And I think that's really cool because I, I just, I don't know. I always love to yeah. see when things like that happen, like organically like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. It's interesting too, because like when I do read, I especially, I love Lana Harper stuff so much. Yes. I loved the uh, Witch Please, the antiquar. Um mm-hmm. Gwenda Bond also has um, Not Your Average Hot Guy, which is like <gasps> demon, not witch, which Ooh. she's got. Yeah. And um, and she's got another one coming out called Mr. and Mrs. Witch, which is like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but they're witches, <laughs> um, which is super duper fun. So I just, I think like everybody is doing their own thing so well. Yeah. Like they, all the books. Oh, there's also, um, there's not the witch you wed.
0: And oh, then there's right. also,
2: I mean, there's so many. I'm like, they're all like exploding in my head. Yeah. Um, but. It's it's like you don't even have to like worry that much weirdly about sort of, oh, is this does this feel unique to me? Is this, mm. you know, because it's like everybody was so independently doing their own thing. Mm. And it's like they all ended up feeling, you know, like their own thing. Oh yeah. Which I really appreciated and thought was just neat, you know, so that there's, there's a little bit of something for every reader. Yes. um, Which I really, really like. So yeah, so I was just, I was kind of chasing my own witchy bliss with mine. (laughs) And I think they were all doing the same. And so we all kind of made these very like unique books.
1: Yeah, 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 there's, I mean, it definitely, it's so clear when you start to read them that they each have a very distinct, flavor under the witchy you know slightly cozy romance umbrella um right. and that's that is just so it's so cool i i hope it continues honestly because i will
2: i'll read them all <laughs> i'm telling you i'm like give me all the paranormal rom-coms there's yeah, uh, there's one coming out next year called my roommate's a vampire something, something <laughs> like that yeah. i Sarah did and um and i'm like yes all the paranormal rom-coms yeah yeah because um, awesome. that's like you know i sat down to write this because i saw someone like mention i think on instagram like wouldn't a paranormal rom-com be cool <laughs> i was right. like you know yes. what baby i
1: can do that challenge accepted exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic uh all right all right let's Talk before we get like too far field because I feel like we could just do a whole episode that's just about paranormal oh, rom com, yeah. which like maybe we should do that. I'll have to think about <laughs> yeah. it. like there I'll talk go. to your publicist or something. But um yeah. you have one more book to recommend to oh, yes. our listeners. It's The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy by Megan Bannon. Tell us about this one.
2: Yes. So speaking of paranormal rom coms, this is another <laughs> one, and it is a really unique take. Um, I remember like when Megan was talking about it on Twitter. Uh, and just, you know, for disclosure, Megan and I have the same agent. Okay. And she mentioned that our mutual agent had been when she sort of was pitching this idea. Our agent was like, that sounds super weird. So for sure, do that. <laughs> <laughs> She's very much our agent. And um, she embraces all of our weird. Nice. And so, of course, I was like, well, I've got to read that then. And it is a Western based. It feels westerny, mm. but it's a fantasy world. So There are zombies, which they call drudges, in this world. There's necromancy, there's all kinds of stuff like that. Mm. Um, and then in the middle of it, you've got these two characters, Heart and Mercy, who do not like each other at all, except that they are they've got the whole um, you've got male esque thing where they're <laughs> the pen pals and they don't know it that that's mm. you know who they're writing to. Um And it's just a really, again, it's super creative. It is, I promise you, it is like nothing that you have ever read. Mm -hmm. Um, The world building is so fascinating and just, and it it also sort of has that cozy feel. Even again, there are like zombies and scary things. Sure. Um, And the romance is just really sweet. These are two like really lonely people in this world who sort of don't under don't realize like they've already sort of found what they're looking for in each other which I always am a sucker for Mm. um so yeah it's just again it's it's fun it's whimsical and and I promise you like there is truly nothing else like it on the shelves which is always like something that makes me really excited as a reader
1: yeah, hundred percent. And I do love a weird western. That's, that's oh man, it. come on, yeah. Like there's something so fun about that. Yes, yes. Ah, oh, fantastic. Well, I mean, you have sold me on
2: these books, which <laughs> yeah, you know.
1: you good. My perpetual problem recording this podcast is that now I need to
2: read everything that everybody oh, told man. me about. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Like, I asked for book recs on Twitter the other day, and I got so many. Like, I, my Kindle is now, like, groaning. Yes,
1: basically. yes. <laughs> the TBR does explode sometimes, but it's oh, a, it's it's a, a good problem to have. So indeed, we'll take it. Um Thank you again so much for joining us and for talking about these books. We really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much
2: for having me. Yeah. And so where should people find you on the internet? So I do have a website, uh, rachelhawkinsbooks.com and Aaron Sterlingbooks.com. They will sort of lean to each other. You can, you know, you can find Aaron Sterling on Rachel Hawkins. You can find Rachel Hawkins okay. on Aaron Sterling. And then um I am at Lady Hawkins on both Twitter and Instagram. Great. So, Great. Yeah.
1: Yes. And so the book is The Kiss Curse. It'll be out by the time this airs. It is the sequel to The X-Hex. Go forth and enjoy. And yeah, thank you all for listening so much. As always, we super appreciate it. And uh, we'd love to see your feedback. So please send us that at getbooked at bookriot.com. If you need your TBR exploded, you can get more book recommendations at bookriot.com. You can find our other podcasts at bookriot.com listen. And as always, you can leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, really wherever. We super appreciate it. It helps other people find this show. And you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr as Jen IRL, J-E-N-N-I-R-L, or on Instagram as I am Jen IRL. And we will talk to you next time.